0: Welcome to The Chase Podcast. Dr. Ron Charles is a renowned archaeologist, author, historian, speaker, missionary, and is known as the Christian Indiana Jones. Dr. Charles has spent over 50 years researching and uncovering truths about Jesus Christ and information that proves the historical authenticity of the Bible. Gleaned from his years of tireless research ministry, and archeological work as the pages of the Bible come to life like never before. Visit cubitfoundation.org for Dr. Ron's books and information about this global ministry. Hello, I'm Dr. Ron Charles and welcome to the program today. You know, one of the most famous teachings in all of history Most, many historians say this, many teachers, philosophers say this, say that the most famous or at least within the top three most famous teachings in all of history is what we call the Sermon on the Mount as recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And it's a, it it addresses almost everything. but. What this sermon was, some people say it was a, a number of sermons over a period of time. Others say no, it was all in one setting, but regardless of when and how and the circumstances surrounding it, we have recorded it, recorded it all at the same time uh, as one setting. And what this was, was Jesus' teaching to six of his disciples. At this time, he only had six. And uh, they were about ready to uh, go into ministry with Jesus. They would be uh, assisting him. He were, he w- they would be his associates in whatever would be done. And so Jesus told them, you, you must be prepared. And you have to be prepared to meet the challenges uh, of people that will be coming to you and asking questions and making comments. And you have to be prepared yourself, spiritually, physically, psychologically, in all areas of your life to help these people and to uh, give them the type of answers that they need. Now, later on, another year down the road, Jesus had a similar teaching that we in the Christian religion had called the Sermon on the Plain, which Jesus then uh, repeated some of these same type of principles that he said on the Sermon on the Mount. And, but this was given to the 12 disciples, and it was given to them just before he sent them out two by two to minister so but let's go back to the sermon on the mount here uh today and it's um jesus took his disciples up to uh a small little hill they called it a mountain there in israel uh it's called the horns of hatin the horns of Hattin where it was an extinct uh, two-cone volcano, and uh, it hasn't been active for many thousands of years. But Jesus took them there. You could uh, oversee uh, into the uh, to the Jordan River Valley. You could see over into the um, the Lake of Gennesaret, or we also call it the Sea of Galilee. Very beautiful place. And to the right, left of them was the ruins of the city of of uh, 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 Sipporos. And Sipporos was uh, a Multinational city. They had Greeks there, they had Romans there. In fact, a, a number of Romans, uh, Jews were there, Persians, uh, different people. So it was a it was a relatively large city before it was uh, destroyed uh, by the Romans. And when uh, being destroyed by the Romans was something that that was uh, it would made an impact on Jesus and uh, Jesus was 17 years old when this happened. There were some uh, Galilean uh, zealots, Galilean um, rebels, where uh, their desire was to do anything to sabotage the Roman government or do anything to sabotage the uh, Roman uh, effectiveness of their rule over the people and so they began to uh, uh, hijack the tax money for the Romans and and uh, begin to ambush various caravans that were coming about and Sipporah claimed that it was a sanctuary city that uh, if anyone was in trouble with the law, that they could come there, that they could stay there in peace until, their, uh, until the trial came up, until they were uh, they'd taken away to, uh, to their sentencing or whatever the case may be. And in the meantime, they could stay there in Sophorus, and the people of Sophorus would, would uh, welcome them and would uh, be their friends until the time of reckoning came about. And so these rebels were, uh, against the Romans, taught, sought refuge in Sipporah. And the city welcomed them in, and uh, they said, that uh, you could stay here if you're peaceful. But what happened is that they would eventually, uh, over a very short period of time, they would use that city as their staging grounds. And so they would come back to the safety of Sephoris and they would then organize and plan their next move against uh, Rome or against the Roman authorities. And then after they hit a caravan or a, uh, a tax receipt uh, um, uh, facility or whatever the case may be, they would run back into us for safety. Well, uh, the governor of uh, that region uh, this is part of the Syrian uh, province and the uh, the Seridius was the governor and he was a very ruthless man and so he said well, I'm going to put a stop to this once and for all he pulled together an army of almost 7,000 uh, cracked Roman soldiers and uh, basically uh, wiped out the terrorist uh, influence in the Galilee and he laid siege to the city of Sipporos and totally destroyed it and not only did he destroy the city and brought it all the way down to the ground he actually even had his uh, soldiers uh, plow up the foundations of the city so there was absolutely nothing left and then he uh, had them uh, throw salt on the, on the area uh, where of the city, as well as on their, their, heart, their cultivated fields and things like that, that supported the city through, with their agriculture. They threw salt in that. And then on top of that, each soldier had two stones and they put the stones in the same area. So now his desire the governors of Rome desire was to totally eliminate uh, supports from memory of, of of people in that area, to erase it from human uh, human history, or from the memory of of that city. And so, uh, after they had uh, sown the salt and put the rocks out there, and tore down all the buildings, burn them, uh, plowed up the, the foundation. They pulled back about uh, 1,000 meters and they dug a ditch all the way around the city. The ditch was approximately eight feet deep and approximately uh, the same distance wide. And they, they put in this ditch uh, sulfur rocks and they uh, then they set them on fire. And so the entire region had a fire, a sulfur fire going around the clock 24 hours a day and was intended to never go out. And so this was gonna be the total destruction of that city from that time forward and the memory of it would be totally erased. The only thing that would be there would be burning sulfur with its toxic fumes and its poisonous fumes that were going up and the uh what used to be a very great city with a population of of uh, at that time probably about 60 or seventy uh, thousand people they were all killed or sold into slavery and the memory of that city was totally erased uh, through the actions of the roman governor well, it had been now for about 15 years, and Jesus was on the uh, on the mountain of the horns of Hatin, teaching these disciples. Uh, let's look at uh, the sixth chapter of Matthew, and verse number 25. We'll look at that. Wherefore I say unto you, speaking to his disciples, take no thought. For your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than the meat, and the body than the raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, Are they? are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit into your stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon, and all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. With the... Existing uh, atmosphere of uh, Saporus. It was intended to not support any type of life because of the toxic fumes that were going up. Birds would not even fly over that region. No animals would uh, go through that region because of the the width of the um, uh, uh, of the ditch that was in front. And even those that could jump that deer or those type of of, uh, animals uh, would find nothing there to feed on. And they would be subjected to these toxic fumes also if they tried that. So generally speaking, there was no birds that flew over. There was no animals that went through there. And there certainly weren't any humans. And so this was a total place of death, nothing. Could live there and because of the rocks that had been planted because of the uh, the salt that had been planted then there was uh, there was nothing to grew there there were no flowers there were no uh, there was no grass There was nothing and it was a total place of death but Jesus pointed out he said look at Sipporah and consider the lilies of the field look at the birds, because what had happened over the years, that some of the sulfur rocks uh, had burned down and others were still burning, but the ones that had burned down left a gap in the toxic fumes that were coming up. And in the meantime, some of the uh, some of the salt had been washed away and some of the salt actually didn't even get down into the ground because Uh, Although the salt was supposed to have been uh, scattered first, in some uh, occasions the Roman soldiers put the stones down first and the salt on top of the stones. And when that happened, then eventually the vegetation in certain areas, spotted areas, began to come back up. And one of the first things that began to pop up is what we call, and they call even today, the rose of Sharon, and at that time they called it the uh, the lily of the Sharon, or the lily of the valley, and uh, the valley of of uh, of the Jordan. And so those flowers begin to <clears throat> begin to come up, and Jesus pointed to them, and he says, "You are going to be uh, attacked by your enemy." and your enemy is going to seek to destroy you because it will seek to destroy me. And when they seek to destroy you, then be confident. Look at these, uh, these birds that are going in and out. They're going in. They're finding seed. They're finding plants, and they fly back out without being hurt. Even in the very midst of the death, in the very midst of the poison, Your heavenly Father takes care of them and feeds them. Now look at the flowers. They weren't intended to grow there. They were intended never to have life in that region ever, ever again. But look at them. Those flowers that were never meant to live are popping up. And not only that, they are arrayed in absolute beauty. And they are gorgeous and it's beauty that is existing in the very midst of death, in the very midst of destruction. He says, your heavenly father takes care of them. The birds don't have to harvest. They don't have to sow seed, but your heavenly father is taking care of them even in the very midst of what was intended to be destruction and what was intended to be total and complete death. Your heavenly father is taking care of them. And look at the lilies of the field. There was no no intention for these lilies to ever, to ever come up in the midst of that death. No flowers were intended to ever grow again in this region because the enemy was there. The enemy had destroyed it, It destroyed its, its ability to produce fruit. But yet, look at it. Even Solomon, as great as he was and all the riches that he had could not match what your Heavenly Father is doing with these flowers. Now as we go out to minister, you will be confronted by this same enemy. and This enemy is there to destroy you. I am your master they will seek to destroy me and if they do that to me, how much more to you? There will be times which you will feel dead. You will feel like that you're surrounded by death and that whoever comes in contact with you will also experience that death. But if you have your faith in your God, you point your attention to him You present yourself, your circumstances, your situations to Him, that He will take care of it. Don't be concerned about what you're going to do. Don't be concerned about how you're going to exist, how you're going to survive, because your Heavenly Father will take care of you. Now, what you need to do is my disciples who follow me, that minister with me, that help me, to administer to the people take no thought of tomorrow take no thought of what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat or the money that you need to buy these buy these various things your heavenly father knows it he knows what you need he knows when you're cold he knows when you're hot he knows when you're thirsty he knows when the journey is almost unbearable and He will take care of you. If He can take care of these birds flying in and out of a death zone, then He can certainly take care of us and certainly take care of you. Because you are much more valuable than the birds. You're much more valuable than the lilies. You're much more valuable than the vegetation that is beginning to grow in the middle of this absolute death. You're much more to God than these. Consequently, if He takes care of these, how much more is He going to take care of you? Because your Heavenly Father is in total and complete control. Perhaps some of you that are watching Today, maybe you are feeling the same type of death and the same type of difficulties in your own life <clears throat> maybe your finances are absolute disastrous maybe your family life is dead and it seems like nothing is coming out of your family or nothing is coming out of your household except poisonous gases and perhaps everything in your life seems to be dead and fallen apart but god is not the author of death god is not the author of destruction he is the author of restoration and just like zipporos was scheduled to never have life again for as long as the world existed, there would not be any life there. But God had other ideas. And the uh, the symbol of life began to come back. The vegetation, the flowers, the birds, and before long, even animals began to come back. And now you can go to uh, Israel, and you can, as a tourist, you can tour the ruins of Zipporos because there was a city that was again laid in that same general region and it was the new Zipporos and it was uh it, it was built it became a very wonderful city the ruins of which are still there today and it became a city that was known uh, as the city of the phoenix is what they used to call it at the time of Jesus and at the time of the uh, Roman occupation. Uh, The phoenix was a mythological Greek bird that that came up uh, out of his own ashes and lived again. And it was uh, reborn in the very midst of death. And they called it the city of the phoenix, because it too came out of its ashes and lived again. But before all that happened, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he says, your father will take care of you. Some of you may be wondering what you're going to eat on this trek with me. You may be wondering uh, what happens when my shoes wear out, what happens with my clothing. Uh, How do I get winter clothing if we're dressed in summer apparel? But Jesus says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it because God takes care of those whom he loves and those especially who are working for him. And so if death has consumed you, has consumed your family, death and destruction, you see no way out. They go out on your back porch or into your yard and take a look. Take a look at the grass. Take a look at the flowers. Take a look at the trees and see the birds that are up there, and they're flying. And if your Heavenly Father takes care of them, shows them where the food is so they could eat, shows them how to survive in the very midst of winter, then certainly, He will take care of you. And in the very midst of that destruction of your family, of your job, of your finances, your God will come to your rescue. He will minister for you. He will put things together and he will come to your uh, aid on whatever is necessary and whatever is needed. (laughs) He told his disciples, he says, your God knows what your needs are. Your Father knows where you hurt, how you hurt. He knows your emotions. He knows your, uh, your physical makeup. He knows that you have diabetes. He knows that you have migraine headaches. He knows that you have uh, arthritis in your, in your limbs. He knows that you're having difficulties with your, uh, with your mother-in-law, with your father. He knows that you're having difficulties at work with your boss, with your working companions. He's not, he's not innocent of these things. He knows exactly what is happening. And this same God who knows is able to restore able to give you peace in the very midst of the difficulty. Now, Sophorus, it did have to go through destruction. It had to go through its black period. But in the midst of it, restoration came. So in your life, God may not take the difficulty away. He may not place you into an environment of absolute total peace he may not uh, rain dollars from heaven for your finances but what he will do is that he will give you peace in the middle of it and he will give you comfort in the middle of your trial and he will make sure that restoration does come your way and so like Jesus told the disciples you are his 21st century disciples today. Jesus will never again come to this earth as he did before. He'll never come as a babe. He'll never grow up in a human family. He'll never walk the hillsides, preaching, ministering, healing. He'll never do it again. He has given that privilege to us, his 21st century disciples, to you, if you're a believer in Jesus. And so he'll take care of you. And you are just as much of a disciple as these are, and he took care of them. So trust him to do the same for you. Hi, I'm Dr. Ron Charles of the Cubit Foundation. You know, we've been in Middle East for going on 30 years. And I would love to come to your church or your meeting to let you know what's happening uh, in reality in the Middle East. And uh, we'd love to come there and let you know what's happening, what the Lord's doing in that part of the world. So if you can contact us at thecubitfoundation.org, then we could come to your place. And if you would like to find out more about us, then go to www.cubitfoundation.org. Thank you. The Chase with Dr. Ron Charles is sponsored by supporters of the Cubit Foundation. Visit CubitFoundation.org for Dr. Ron's books and discover how you can support this global ministry.